All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. Becoming more and more apparent that Gotham is about old, rich, white guys fighting each other. Yeah. Y- yeah? You didn't notice that? <laughs> like, it's, it's literally yeah. it's literally just a bunch of rich, white guys and Jada Pickett squaring off. Like, how, how did you not get like figure that out? No, not not the show. Not the show. Not Gotham. Gotham itself. Oh, yeah. Gotham itself. Itself. Well, yeah. I'm looking at William Cobb and, like, suddenly Dick Grayson is fucking the, the same rich, white fucking gotham royalty that bruce wayne is and i'm like you know what i think i think i might read some marvel (laughs) (laughs) damn i once had it described to me this way is that um if you take batman at face value it reads like a dickens novel yeah it sort of reads like charles dickens where you have um reclusive old bazillionaire who wants to try and do something good so he takes in orphan boys off the street like it's kind of a cross between charles dickens and arthur conan doyle i dig it oh my god and fucking uh what was his name comey because he's weaponizing children <laughs> well the thing the funny thing is, is that if you've ever read uh, sherlock holmes he has um some of the kids that work for him and one kid named Wigan. Mm-hmm. Dick Grayson is essentially just Wiggins, like. Yeah. So. This hurts. And like, um, uh, I'm, I'm just, mm, I don't know. I just at least Jergens is on the book, and like we don't have Lobdell just spinning his fingers for an hour. So there's that. Oh, I should have never read Nightwing on Al Gore's internet. <laughs> what? <laughs> How is it Al Gore's internet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just something I heard and it stuck because it was hilarious. <laughs> Mary, what were you gonna say? I said I feel like Dan Jurgens is just like spinning in an office chair somewhere, going, "I've been writing for DC for thirty years. I'm running out of shit to do." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I mean, where was his career supposed to go after he killed Superman? Apparently, Dude. apparently, writing good Batman Beyond books. Because <laughs> Batman Beyond is like they just. They just don't give a shit. They just, like, let him write anything. They should have kept him on action for a while. You're right. But. 
What's going on, good people of the internet? It is time for OnComicsGrounds.com's flagship podcast, panel to panel, where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such. Ha! I surprised y'all, and it's funny. You should have given a curl a warning. Almost <laughs> mid sentence. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Well, cause like I was gonna do it like like right when um, Travis said Al Gore, but I was like, nah, I ain't gonna do that. But <laughs> uh, we are here back for another, for another brand new episode of this podcast, where which we do weekly talking about all the latest news in the comic book sphere and nerd culture. My name is James Portis. With me here, as always, is my lovely cast of characters as we talk about everything from Marvel, DC, and back again. Apparently tonight we're talking about Blizzard, which is funny as all hell. So let's get into it. To my left, we have the woman who has been loving Batwoman being on television. How are you doing, Mary, this evening? I'm doing okay. Still a little startled, you asshole. I was mid-sentence and then, whoop, there's the intro. You right, you right, you right. All right, and then we have the man with the fro who's salty that Nightwing is a talon. Um, like, and we know this because of solicitations. Ita- I'm sorry, I thought you said Italian. I mean, like, like, he was in the circus, so I wouldn't put it past him. Dick Grayson's not Italian. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. But Travis, how are you doing? I am seething. I mean, <laughs> at, least, at least you know because because of the solicitations that this was going to happen. Like you, you were well prepared. Like even that beautiful John Boy Myers cover of him as a talent is like the best thing since sliced bread. So like, I, like, like, yeah, we're, we're prepared for the sadness that is coming in the in the coming months. But, uh, oh. but other than that, how? Are you? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, my, my days off just got switched, so I got back on the weekends with the winter schedule, so that's quite nice. That's what's uh, been able to, to relax a bit more these days, so. Alright, alright, so let's go ahead and, and dive into it, but before we do, don't forget to follow this podcast on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. Don't forget to follow the website on Comics Ground on Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground. And you can listen to this podcast like you are right now on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Podcast Republic, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast besides um, SoundCloud, because we don't like SoundCloud. And we are going to go ahead and dig into it right now for you. So this is going to be a little bit of a, a, a little toss around between DC and Marvel. There wasn't a whole lot of news, so we're going to jump around a little bit and have a good time. So we'll start off with the, I guess we're going to start calling it the crisis update as it were, we get some more updates on the, the different cast members that are joining the um, Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover this winter. And we, we, we already saw this past week, um, like around the time that the Black Lightning premiere happened, that um, we, we saw that, that like actual like behind-the-scenes photos of Cress Williams on set as uh, Black Lightning, like like giving hugs, taking pictures. And there was like there was a funny uh, video he posted on Twitter, like a little gif of him driving the um the like the Legends of Tomorrow ship, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that was hilarious. I'm I'm excited for that. Um, the big one that had me feeling emotional was that. <clears throat> That there was a picture of, of Burt Ward on set wearing a Robin colored sweater, and I, w- I was very sad and emotional that Adam West can't be with him. Um, were, y- were y'all emotional with me? Yes, <laughs> and apparently he had a, a German uh, emphatic yes, yes, there, there, there's so much but, sadness, but he had a German Shepherd, yes, he had and a German Ace Shepherd, the, and Ace the Bat Hound traditionally has been a German Shepherd, so. 
Yay. Yay. I'm, I'm like, we get Burt Ward and the goodest boy. Say what you will about Tom King. At least he brought um, Ace the Bat Hound back into canon. See, that, that's a great story, though. It really is. So, like, I, I will give you that one, King. But you, you hurt my children and my boys, and I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not okay with this nonsense. Um, but, like, yeah. Um... So, like, there was also the announcement that, um, the, uh, who, who, what's dude's name who plays Lucifer? I forget his name. Oh, Lord, eh? Um, oh, you're stumping me right. Uh, the guy who plays Lucifer is going to be in the cross. Oh, uh, Tom Ellis, yeah. The guy, he will be reprising his role to come back and play Lucifer that's, in, like, a cameo. That's, that's rumored. That hasn't been confirmed, but that's a pretty big rumor circulating right now is that he might pop up. And, like, that, that's kind of a cool thing, though. Like, at least... And then, and then apparently, Michael Keaton is mentioned in a newspaper picture. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, like, pretty much everybody but but um, Zack Snyder's crew is, like, allowed to come in. So, yay. <laughs> can, can... I, I, I was talking to Victoria earlier, and I said, look, I'm waiting for the last episode. To just have, like, Gal Gadot or Jason Momoa just walk through a shot and go, Hi. No, I want, I want. You know who I want? I want Chris O'Donnell to show up and, and put like, not, not, not even in a Robin costume. I want him to show up in a motorcycle jacket and just be like, "What's up?" Like I don't even care. Like don't don't put him in the in the, in the, the bat nipples again. Just like put, put put him in a motorcycle jacket like he does in the movie and just be done with it. <laughs> Yo, if we got Chris O'Donnell, I would probably be screaming in my in, like in my living room. Either him or Alicia Silverstone, because like Alicia Silverstone, Batgirl is like underappreciated. But I just mean, like Uma Thurman coming out of nowhere. <laughs> I I would love that. I would absolutely love that because Batman and Robin is the like, and I'm saying this unironically, is the best Batman movie because of how ridiculous it is. Cool party. <laughs> I might need to rewatch that here soon. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! <laughs> like, do you know what I would get? Like, even if it, like, even if we had to, like, put a commercial in for Terminator Dark Fate, if we could get, like, two seconds of Arnold back in the freeze suit, I'd shit my pants. Bro. Like, even if it had to be, like, like, like the stupid, like, like, tra- trailer be in the commercial, I wouldn't care. Well, here's an interesting theory that I've kind of seen circulating around social media, is that um, if they can't have actors appear, what's to stop them from using clips? Mm. Or, you know, like, having a brief flash, or having a clip from this movie, or a clip from that movie. Like, somehow weaving it into the plot, not just having a weird clip show kind of a thing. Like, um, uh, during The Flash, when... um, they go to Earth 2 for the first time, and Barry's traveling through dimensions, um, you see uh, Supergirl fly through, and that's when Supergirl was still on CBS. So she wasn't on the CW yet, but we saw kind of that nod uh, in The Flash, because you see her, like, flying crap. They've they've Hmm. done something like that before, and I think maybe that would be interesting to utilize, because it's not like Warner Brothers has But... You cut out there for a second after Warner Brothers. Oh, I said it's not like Warner Brothers has to pay themselves royalties. <laughs> you right. <laughs> I would just love, like, if randomly Uma Thurman just shows up and goes, As I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, this is a one-woman <laughs> show. <laughs> like, bro, I would love it. 
We no. found a four pack. What is we that? We four pack. I said we found a four pack of the bat of the uh, Batman ninety uh, Blu-ray, and I might. Bro, like I might even just like buy the original DVD off of Amazon tonight, just so I can friggin' own it. Cause like I I don't even have any of the original movies. I need to rebuy them. Cause I had them when I was a kid. I had that. I had that. They were so the over the top. See, like, and, I, and it still rubs me the wrong way that um, that uh, Barbara was Alfred's niece, but like I kind of just started to get over it after a while. Well, yeah, it was. Is... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna be like, well, when they had to mention, like, oh, we're gonna have to kill her, but that that was kind of just you know comic stuff. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, um, she said it in behind the scenes interviews, but Alicia Silverstone didn't even know Batgirl was a like a pre existing character before she took the role. <laughs> she thought she was like the groundbreaking like. No, oh. she, it, it it was just a role that she took. Damn. Because you have. Well, you have to remember, in, like, the early 90s, like, that superhero movies, they weren't exactly in vogue, like... I mean, it was, yeah. It, it was Donner, Superman, and pretty much nothing else of note. That's fair. Unless we really want to revisit Fantastic Four movies, and I'm talking the weird one. Really turn me into a monster! <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh, is that a direct quote? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was from that one weird uh, like live-action Fantastic Four movie that never came out. Mm-hmm. You, never, you never heard about that? No. <laughs> oh, bro, I'm gonna have to send you clips later. Oh my god, because like the whole like VHS was put on YouTube like years ago. It's hilarious watching clips from that shit. Oh my god. Like, I want to find it again but somewhere hidden in the depths of youtube because i've been watching a documentary about like the history of uh i I don't remember what it's called but they reference a kind of late night ish tv show in the 70s where it had actors dress up that you know they had actors obviously what you know essentially caused the characters and put them in kind of like this weird adult game show type setting so, I mean, you know, you had somebody dressed up as Huntress, and, like, it was such a low-cut thing, and she's, like, standing there smoking a cigarette. Like, I want to try and find this. <laughs> I don't remember that... what it's called. I don't remember the documentary, but it's going to drive me bonkers until I can find it again. You'll find it sooner or later. <laughs> that image sounds, on like, whoo. <laughs> I mean, and we got the edginess that was the Birds of Prey TV show, which apparently is getting like a, a, a cameo in Crisis. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Huntress is a well, at least her actress is. A... Like, I need full leather outfit. Like, this is the Matrix. I need you to like do this right, girl. I mean, uh, maybe it's maybe it's a little old school, but like, out of all the cameos in any like completely not DC related. Uh, superhero things that she's done. Can we get OG Wonder Woman? Everyone keeps saying that. I mean, like, they, she was the principal of Sky High. She could do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, are you, are you talking about Linda Carter? Yes. Yes. There, There's a lot of rumors, um, really heavy rumors, that they are trying to get her. But I think, honestly, that would be dependent on Linda Carter herself because um, she's she's saying nowadays. I mean, she's always saying, but uh, she tours with a band that she has. Daughter goes 
but I, I, I totally um, didn't even know that. Holy shit! Yeah, she's uh, she's turned down projects before. So I think it honestly just depends on what your schedule is. But um, have either of you played Fallout 4? No. Briefly. Um, did you ever get to that bar where there's the lounge singer? Yes, I did, actually. That was her? Linda Carter. Huh. All right. She, she, uh, she wrote and sang all of the songs, and she's in, uh, she's in Skyrim. Wow, did I know that? I like, know way too much about Linda Carter. I mean, like, it, like it, it's your mandate that you know about Linda Carter, so it's okay. Yeah. Well, I have the uh, the box set of all three. Ooh. That's fancy. Surprise! I have Wonder Woman. I mean, like, if you didn't have something in Wonder Woman, I'd be surprised. <laughs> like after I heard about the cutout, like nothing surprises me anymore. I do. I have a six foot cutout of Galgado. Wow. <laughs> Victoria. Victoria hates it. Yeah, but like, made, its existence is just it so down. awesome. She made me take it down. Damn it. <laughs> well, it's because she woke up in the middle of the night, and um, the moon was coming through the window, and it cast a shadow on the silhouette, so it looked like someone was standing at the foot of our bed. Damn. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and move on from the... Cri- oh, actually, no, there was one, there was, this wasn't crisis-related, but it still uh, begs mentioning. Um, like, it was it was CW-related. So we got a casting notification for Black Lightning. Uh, it'll be later in the season. But Wayne Brady has, is coming on to Black Lightning. And um, and I I, I, I swear, and uh, I, I forget if it was, uh, it was Marcus who, uh, from Blur Drives who made, who made the joke. He even pulled up the old Dave Chappelle line. Of if is Wayne is Wayne Brady gonna have to choke somebody, and my and my heart was so happy. <laughs> Yo, I was reading. Uh, he's doing Grave Digger. Yeah, he's doing Grave Digger. And okay, has anyone seen Wayne Brady in something this uh, grim, dark, like in any kind of role like that? Because I don't. I've only seen him as like super happy go lucky, and then Dave Chappelle's gangster shit. I mean, like, I've seen, like, Wayne Brady has always said for years that he's been into comic book stuff, but he's never taken the plunge. So this will be a first for him, and I'm really excited about it. Mary, you are the historian of sorts, and you love yourself a good war comic. Why don't you tell the folks who Gravedigger is? Well, there are two versions of Gravedigger. There is the Gravedigger who appeared in the 70s, ish, I want to say 70s, it's been a while. Uh, and 77. The, in, yeah, in DC's um, Men of War comic. I mean, and both publishers actually were known for their war comics, DC, especially with Sergeant Rock. Um, and a, uh, a Gravedigger, if I remember how to talk, I have problems today, but uh, Gravedigger popped up in uh, Sergeant Rock and was the only other person to lead Easy Company. So, you know, he did his whole thing in the war comics, and then Gravedigger was actually brought back post-crisis as kind of a new character in, um, I, I believe it was Checkmate. I know Greg Rucka's the one who brought him back, gave him a new identity. Um, the, the, characters... wiki, the wiki is saying his first appearance was in New 52? I'd be wrong. I don't know. I thought Rucka brought him back in Checkmate. Was it, um, oh, hold on, let me look. Because it should be Tyson, because Ulysses was Gravedigger in, in um, Men of War. 
Um, and, um, oh, Tyson, it's, oh, that, that was, it was Ulysses who came back in New 52, but then Tyson yeah. was in Checkmate. Okay, cool, that's fine. Well, yeah, he was in uh, Checkmate. Dope. But it looks, from what I read about um, <clears throat> uh, Wayne Brady coming back and uh, coming to Black Lightning as Gravedigger, is that they're kind of combining the two a little bit. That instead of, you know, being Ulysses, who was, you know, a World War II soldier, stayed there kind of a thing. He's going to be playing Tyson, but Tyson was a World War II soldier who was given, pardon the pun here, super soldier serum. And, you know, given an extended life period, and this kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? When Captain America throws his mighty shield. But the big thing is, I was um, seeing in the article, is that after the war, instead of coming back to a segregated United States, he defected and went to Markovia instead. Ooh. Mm. So. He went to Markovia, that'd be freaking dope. Though, see, I'm wondering with Black Lightning, if we're going to get um, Geoforce at any point. Because, like, we've already seen, um, what's her face? The vampire lady, I forget her name. Looker. Yeah, we already got Looker, so... Sort of. Sort of, yes. It was... You know, that, that, that stuff is still weird. <laughs> that whole... The, that, those whole two episodes just gave me the freaking willies. Like, why, why would you... Oh, oh. Anyway. I uh, mean, they were, they were great horror episodes for, a, like, a pseudo-horror character. It's yes. She wasn't a vampire. Yeah, she was not a vampire. She in the first season, and things just didn't. Well, no, like Travis, have you? Well, you haven't, you haven't seen season two. Never mind. Um, yeah, I'm still gonna I'm give still you crap for that. Blind. I'm gonna catch up. You just, you just wait. You got Netflix. I do have Netflix, but I have to get through the free features of my Roku, my new Roku box, real quick, and then start watching <laughs> Doom Patrol. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, at least you can watch DC Universe on Roku. That's exactly why I got it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's where the Doom Patrol, I honestly, I swear to God, Doom Patrol is amazing. Like, Doom Patrol and then now Titans. Because ti- like, Titans Season 1 was eh, and then Titans Season 2 has been like, we're going to juggle a million and one plot lines, they're all going to be good. And I'm like, wait, what? How is this happening? <laughs> Dang. And Well, and I, I was looking through um, the app that I have before, like, I don't have the subscription on just yet, mm-hmm. but I was looking through the thumbnails of, like, Swamp Thing, and I'm like, oh my god. They definitely blew the budget. I gotta see this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, um, did y'all hear about the, uh, the the poll DC Universe did this past week? Yes. Oh like, my god! Really Hype beast clickbait. <laughs> so, uh, for those who didn't see, um, DC Universe decided to reference the the, the good old days of. Um, for, who, um, who, who, who's that really one famous Batman writer that like everyone loves who edited his books for a long time? Um, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Hold on. I know this. I know this. <laughs> I, it's gonna kill me if I don't remember it too. That's why I have to look it up. Um, you want Death of the Family um, or Death in the Family? Mary, writer? bald head, glasses. I can't think. Help me. <laughs> You're supposed to have me on clutch, Mary. <laughs> that that descriptor is 
Okay, but like he, he he's a writer became on. like um da 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 uh not Dini not Dini uh, something E though um the great radio oh Denny O'Neill Jim ah, Starlin Denny O'Neill um th- like because Denny O'Neill was the editor that suggested bringing in the 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 the, the, the one nine hundred numbers for when because if you remember from the original death like death in the family there was the one eight hundred numbers to call in and like say if you wanted Jason Todd to die or to live. And DC Universe decided to make it a straw poll on the website this past week um, if you wanted Jason Todd to live or die. And now my dumbass was like, did they really film two different versions of the Titans season depending on if Jason Todd lived or not? And that would have been freaking awesome. But no, they did not do that. They just said, oh, like, oh you guys wanted Jason Todd to die, but hey, Connor saves him anyway because we gotta, we got to introduce Connor Kent somehow. I'm like, okay. Ruin my expectations. <laughs> I mean, like, like you, you just want to be Red Hood. No, no, because like there was a there was a picture of the actor online wearing a Red Hood <sighs> jacket, and I'm like, you can't just like throw him to the death and then bring him back as Red Hood that quickly. That would be some bullshit. So like, no, like, you, you can fire him and bring Jensen Ackles. For oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like. I, see, I feel like if they were going to cast Jason Denton Ackles as Red Hood, they, they, their time has already passed. Man, I, I can live the good old days trying to... <laughs> I'm 17 with 5 O'Clock Shadow. <laughs> it's, it's like a Raimi movie, you know? <laughs> it's a Raimi movie. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, okay. So that's the end of the CW wrap up this week. In terms, actually, no, no, it's not, because because Black Lightning episode one came out for season three, so we have more to talk about. So Travis, you slow, you did you didn't catch up. So uh, Mary, damn, you you, you 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 and I, no, you're slow. Literally, you didn't you did you still on season one? <laughs> Mary, you and I watched this episode for season three, episode one. Well, how did you feel about the 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 the, 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 the uh, season premiere? Quiet, where'd she go? Mary, did you die? Mary. I'm here, I'm here. I just had internet issues. For- oh, darn it. And honestly, like, my, my brain hurts after that. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, the the episode was so bizarre because, like, they start off with, like, all these, um, like, metahuman kids, like, in captured, and then they show Jefferson's in prison, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, the season two ender was like, wait a minute, like, we're, we're gonna induct Lightning, Thunder, and Black Lightning all into, like, this, this, like, government team to defeat the Markovians, and my assumption was we were gonna go, like, full outsiders and have the, this whole thing go down, but no, we're going straight like Trump government metaphors and stuff with like internment camps and shit. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so like they, they took it to the next level. And I I, I I I can't say that I don't that that I don't like it, but I'm like, what what are we doing here? Because and you guys know my concerns about this, where we only have so many more straws to pull out the out out, out the pack. If you get, like, if you get what I'm saying, of us having all these things going on with Black Lightning, but not enough content to back him up. So I'm worried that he's not gonna have much left to pull from, and we're gonna start making up shit. And that's what's kind of happening here. 
<clears throat> Mary, your thoughts? I mean, that's definitely a very real fear, is that doesn't have a lot because I mean his solo books traditionally have never gone on for very long and he's you know was a side character for the longest you know, eventually he joined this team that so there's not a lot of singular content that they can pull which is why I have always wondered when they're going to start pulling from Judd Winnick an outsider and just taking outsiders and just repurposing them like they did a la Grish Choi. Mm -hmm. And now with Grace, they've kind of stretched and like put her storyline through the ringer a bit because we don't know what the hell she is. I don't want to go into too much for Travis. Yeah, but... I, I, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Grace and I'm kind of worried about that. Yeah, I mean, the actress, uh, Chantal Twee, who plays her, I mean, she's all like, woo, I'm back in season three, and I'm like, okay, but where, how, why? Who, what, when, where, and why? <laughs> because, like, they, they kept so much of, like, Grace's quote-unquote comic origin, like, you know, um, running away from home, being um, trafficked in sex, that stuff, so all of that is still intact, but she's not an Amazon, and she is some other weird that I don't want to ruin. Yeah, I'm so, kind of confused about that part. So they've established precedent as um, taking from hell, even um, Anissa herself is taking from So I'm wondering what point from Judd Winnick we're going to start seeing repurposed I mean, if Titans can reference Roy Harper, can I get Roy Harper on Black Lightning for like two seconds? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was so happy when Donna whips out her phone and it says Roy Harper. I was like, yes, yes. Like, I don't even care if it's Arrow or Roy Harper. Like, just do something, damn it. <laughs> like, especially because how sad the Aqualad episode was of Titans. I need, I need more references. I need more characters. You killed my boy and I'm sad. But like, yeah. Um, so there's like, I, I, I'm I'm definitely excited to see where the season's gonna go. I'm I'm getting real tired of government like 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 old looking Al Roker. Like he he's on my last nerve. <laughs> he looks like Al Roker. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it like I, like because he keep like one minute he's saying oh the Markovians are bad and then it's like oh no I'm pulling all the strings because I work for the government and I'm like what are you doing brother. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, oh, the season's going to develop. I, I, uh, episode one was very good. I'm excited for Monday. So, stay tuned for our thoughts on, on Blur Grounds next week. Because that'll definitely be a talking point. Because uh, we did an entire episode talking about Black Lightning. And, like, getting hyped for the, the new season. So, definitely go check that out. Um, but now, let's dig into some more stuff going on here. Uh, there was the, uh, the, the, the greatest thing on God's green earth. If you if you weren't if you weren't uh, peeping Star Wars Twitter this past week, <laughs> um, I, I I don't like remember the, the the specifics. I believe Freddie Prince Jr. went on to a podcast. Uh, on, it was called All Things Comedy, and he went on. Actually, no, it was, it was uh, the, actually no, it wasn't All Things Comedy. It was, it was the Friendship Pod. That was what it was called, the Friendship Pod, and they were asking him stuff about Star Wars, and he goes on this whole rant. For like 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 a good while, about why everyone is like needs to stop being stupid, trying to like like, like keep people out out of the fandom, 
Stop trying to make up random stuff that isn't in the canon because it doesn't make like a lick of sense. And he basically breaks down the entire force like balance mythology that people have been getting wrong for so many years because George Lucas taught it to Dave Filoni and then Dave Filoni taught it to Freddie Prince Jr. And he just goes off for a good like five minutes just calling every Star Wars fan on their shit and I freaking love it. <laughs> Travis, you've been having a deal with, with, with some Star Wars uh, haters as of recently. Uh, how, how did this help your developments? Uh, it helped a lot because I sent them the video and a timestamp and I was like, this is, th this is it. You just don't get to decide things. Like, <laughs> I, I love that quote. You don't get to decide things. Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. went off. Because, like, for those who don't know, Freddie Prince Jr. Was, was on Star Wars Rebels. And, it, like, he was getting interviewed about that, like, involvement and whatnot. And the negative reactions of, the, of the, the recent movies have just, like, had him annoyed because people have been attacking him for, like, his involvement in Rebels. So him just going off was so satisfying. <laughs> Um, like, like, but like, Travis, what, what was what was the, even the argument about that? Like, when it, when it happened with the Star Wars thing, uh, that Darth Vader and Anakin are two separate people, Ugh. like to the point, like, okay, let me let me. This is where I started having to really like laugh and like try to gather myself. Was that he tried to like say that Kylo in Seven was talking to Vader's Force Ghost? through the mask and i'm like you mean the same ghost we saw turn into anakin on endor and so i mean apparently there are two of them two force ghosts there's not two people force ghosts <laughs> the same person if you want context go read karen gillen's darth vader volume one it explains everything they're not two separate people just because one's hayden christensen and one's james earl jones does not mean they're two different people and if you want even more context besides uh, Karen Gillan's Vader Volume 1, go read um, Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn, and that will explain everything. So, get off your high horses, folks, and then just go watch this rant, because it's so satisfying. Mary, what were your feelings on this rant? Frankly, I thought it was just friggin' hysterical. <laughs> like, this is a man that has clearly, like, put up with way too much. It seems like the but, entire Star Wars fandom has, has put up with too much. Like, every, every actor that's been involved, from, like, Ahmed Best, um, like, to now Freddie Prince Jr., um, the girl who plays Rose Tico, like, like, it just keeps going on. And now that, like, someone has just gotten tired of it and gone off, it just, it's so, like, perfect. Well, I mean, especially with, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. probably having to watch all of this from the sidelines, and then, I don't know how often appearances but on social media is if he makes them that's when fans decide to like voice their opinions about plot points which you know in and of itself is not a bad thing but star wars fans can be relatively confrontational from what i understand like, mm. i like star wars but i am not a star wars fan if that makes any that's fair but um <clears throat> But, like, you can tell he has clearly been putting up with this for a really long time. I'm sick of it. And, I mean, you know, to the point where you're harassing uh, Kelly Marie off of social media just because you didn't like the imaginary character play. Like, why are we at that point where we're, like, harassing people to the point that they want to, like... Because there was the whole thing with, like, Jake Lloyd and I'm at best saying they wanted to commit suicide over this shit. Like, why, why are we doing this? I don't understand. I... I've... 
I think a lot of it boils down to fan bizarre entitlement. Like, oh, I deserve to see this and this and this in a movie. It's like, no, you maybe don't. Like, <laughs> right. I, know, I, th I, I think fandom as a whole has a very bizarre sense of entitlement to it because, you know, you like this one specific thing about this one specific property and, you know, you spend a lot of time with it. You like over appreciate it and start to obsess with it, obsess over it to the point where I think it does become an obsession um sometimes people just don't know when to let go and you know i say this as someone who is such a passionate fan about so many things like yes i want to see you know this adapted and this adapted you know exactly this way or exactly that way so i can kind of understand that mindset but like at the same time you have to maintain a grip on reality i guess yeah yeah that's that's for sure and like as a as a diehard Batman neckbeard at the end of Tom King's run, I feel like people should just get over it. And I, I, I know that's not so easy because people are so passionate about these things. Alfred! Right, but it's supposed to be a dynamic and fluid piece of work or universe or whatever you want to call it. It has to evolve with the times, otherwise it's just fan service for old people, you know what I mean? And I don't want to, you know, Ooh, I need be to that clip guy that. to be like, I need to clip that. That was perfect. It, that's what it is, though. And like, and so what it boils down to is like these these creators want to adapt these stories for not only themselves but their <laughs> their peers. And then and you have these people who are diehards that just can't relate to this adaptation, and so they completely shun it, and it turns into people harassing actors and actresses on the street. And it's this well, rabid entitlement in the fandom. I, I think something that um, Freddie Prince Jr. in his rant, I guess, said that, you know, these are people who age up, but the fandom is not aging. Like, the property is not aging with them. Mm. That, and, and I think when he said that, that really jumped out to me that, you know, these people, they watch Star Wars as kids, and then, I'm sorry, my favorite's throwing. Um, Maxwell. Yeah, Maxwell's throwing a fit about something. He didn't. He didn't. Um, but, you know, these people, they watch um, Star Wars as kids. And, you know, they're revisiting it now and realizing that it's not the way they remembered. You know, they have spent decades kind of growing up and zooming more and getting deep them or whatever. And the property is still kind of at this level where. It's at, because uh, Freddie Prince Jr. says that, you know, the movies are for kids, and I don't know if I 100% agree <clears throat> with that, but he has a point that instead of aging up with one generation, why not have it set that it can appeal to multiple at the time, and that expands, like, that expands your profit margin. Well, well, like I, I, I get, I get what he's saying about the kids thing because, like, it's sort of the same thing that we deal with, like, so with Power Rangers or even like normal comics, where we, because like I remember seeing this, there was this whole thing about um, this guy was getting angry about Miss Marvel, um, Kamala Khan on Twitter when they revealed that oh, other piece of news, uh, Kamala Khan's gonna be in the Avengers video game, which we kind of already knew from the other trailers, but um, he, he was this guy was getting mad about. Kamala like being like in the current comic canon and say nobody likes her like, like like she's a bland character all this stuff and it's like 
but she's not for you. Like, it's the same thing with, like, Power Rangers now versus Power Rangers when we were younger. There, there were just different kid like, like products that were that, that were going for different things. Like I still say, like and, and people can come at me. I don't care. J- Jason, David, Frank, Tommy, Green Ranger, not the best thing since sliced bread. And that's that's because I started from Turbo and I went on. And like when I, as I got older, I watched like newer interpretations of Power Rangers, and I saw there was a better Power Ranger stories. But at the end of the day, it was all still for kids. So when people get mad and say, "Oh, this version of Star Wars," but this version of Star Wars. It's all for like it's all meant to be children's media or at least young adult media, and then now with Mandalorian, we are getting somewhat adult media, or like like sort of like some of the t- teenage video games like Forced Unleashed and stuff like that. We're more like teenage adult media, but at the core of it, it's still supposed to be an all ages type of like formula. Yeah, it's again, I uh, I absolutely abhor the but quote unquote friendly. Like it has to be able to appeal to full time. Yeah. But, but no, it's, it's what he said with, you know, these things have not aged up with these fans. And I, that's what really stuck out to me is that's really applicable to any fan. Yeah. Like, like literally we have all these fights going on in terms of like different fandoms. And yet he just hit the nail on the head of like, we're just arguing over like media. It's not even like stuff that can really affect us at the end of the day. Now, granted, like, this show is about, like, discussing media in general, though, but at the same time, we should be able to have dialogues and enjoy, like, the different things that we, we love. We can have disagreements, like, occasionally you hear us disagree on the show, but we're not, like, rabidly attacking one another. Like, there should be, like, fairness and be allowed to enjoy different things we love and whatnot. Hey, hey, they don't know what we do. What... You totally cut out there. I said they don't know what we do when we're not recording. We yell at each other. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, we we yell about other things. But we don't yell at each other about things. But like that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> but no, um, we, we like, like we like we yell about our frustrations about different comic books. But we don't we don't yell about like each other. We we actually like do care about one another. But besides the fact of that, I think Freddie Prince Jr. hit the nail on the head. Like, all praise to him for that. Um, We will go ahead and move on from there. And there's been this interesting thing developing over the past two weeks. that has been going on, not just with geek media, but then on top of that, we've had to deal with basketball media as well. So what am I talking about? So there's been this ongoing thing going on with with, with China, where we've had this ongoing um, protest in Hong Kong, because Hong Kong is separate from China. That's been a thing going on for a long time where Hong Kong had a bill introduced that had to deal with extradition, like, like, to different countries for different crimes and whatnot, and it was immediately protested and, uh, like, against and whatnot. They felt that the government was doing wrong by their citizens, and the bill finally was taken back because of it, but the protests are still going on because of different things going on in the country, and there was the development that, um, from the, what'd you say, Mary? Sorry, it was uh, background noise. Oh, okay. Um, 
There was the um, in the basketball world. There was the manager of the I believe the manager of the Houston Rockets tried to like show his support for the protesters, but had to rescind it because of um the the NBA supporting China for different things, and then yeah, Ming originally being from China when he was the Houston Rockets and all that stuff. There was that going on. There's like people wondering if the NBA is bowing to the knee of China, and then we had Blizzard. Well, Activision Blizzard, but specifically the branch of Blizzard, uh, the, the video game uh, publisher that came under fire because they banned a Hearthstone player for like like during a YouTube interview with uh, some Hearthstone Chinese uh, like uh, YouTubers. You know, he showed his support wearing a gas mask because of all the different gas being thrown by, by uh, like um, authorities at the protesters, and he was showing his support for Hong Kong. And not only did they ban him from playing Hearthstone for a year. They took $500,000 of prize money that he had won from him because of like like him showing freedom of speech, but it was targeting a like a government and apparently they have something in their terms of service and like their on contracts playing competitively that they're not allowed to do these things, which that's really messed up. And that was an entire situation. There was an organization that was saying they would front him all of the money that he lost because of being wronged by Blizzard. There was the literal creator of World of Warcraft saying that he would uh, like be protesting Blizzard for what they were going on. There was employees staging walkouts. And this has been an uh, ongoing thing for the past week. And we saw, I believe, two days ago... That Blizzard finally said, okay, okay, we'll give him the prize money back, but he'll still be banned just for a shorter amount of time. And it's had this ongoing discussion of companies who are involved with China, whether it be um, financially or even supporting them through different avenues like player bases. If they are like are just bending to the knee politically of China and not caring about freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Thoughts? All right. This honestly, like, <laughs> I had to like drop all the get... bombs like right there and like explain everything for like for, for the novice, like for the people who don't know what's going on. I I have a lot. Of, I don't get many times many opportunities to get political on the show. So here we go. All right. Um, honestly, like, bottom line, like base thing. Blizzard is an American company, as far as like I know. Right, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it, it is an American, American company. company with some stock, uh, like involved in them from a Chinese company, Tencent, who has like financial stake in like multiple different companies, like Epic Games and a bunch of other different publishers that they have a little bit in like everybody's pocket. So that's why they're a little bit worried about the future of like video gaming and like Chinese involvement. See, and that's that's what kind of blows me away is like with this boycott we saw um, so one of the main WoW devs made a post. I forget his name. I posted in the Discord. If you, like, I gotta find it real quick. But he was saying that he he made this this game World of Warcraft to like connect with people and experience and create more diversity. Which anyone who's played WoW can tell you that that's kind of what happened. And he completely like dis like deactivated his account uninstalled the, the Blizzard player and all of that and, and just walked out boycotting Blizzard. And I honestly, like, as an American company, can't understand why Blizzard would step into the fray to to stymie someone having an opinion on such things. Money! 
Well, it, that's you're right. That's that's the problem because didn't he play money to to play Hearthstone? It's not his fault that he's really good at the game. Yeah. You're he, they're punishing him for using his his clout in this game that he is very good at to push forth a message that he believes in, which is one of the most American things someone can do. So, what's what's going on here? Well, you know what I mean. I think the problem is that, like, apparently the player is from China slash Hong Kong, possibly. Like, I he think is. He, yeah, he is. So, and obviously, communism and like other things involving there, their laws might not be the same. But at the same time, like Blizzard trying to say their terms of service says you can't show like support for protesters is kind of like um. You, maybe you need to change your terms of service there, Blizzard, because what the actual hell when your parent company, Activision, literally makes war games? Like, that kind of should say something about your branding, that, like, they make war games, they have, like, like terrorists in them, they have freedom of speech in those games. Like, Modern Warfare drops in less than a month, and it has a new um, take on the original story of, like, like these characters going and trying to stop terrorism, and you're telling me that you're gonna stop this kid from protesting what he believes in? What? Right. Like in in Blizzard specifically, like when you look at StarCraft, StarCraft is a huge commentary on like a basically spacefaring American ideals run smack dab in the middle of what you could call space communism and being a hive mind. That's how they treat it. That's how the propaganda is in that game, and they. They make so much money off of that game, but for someone to be able to say what they want, you know what I mean, is he didn't deserve to be punished like that on this level just because he's good at Hearthstone and people recognize that. And then there was the question of, before, before I mentioned the South Park angle of this, Mary, you are the political <laughs> science uh, like major here. Um, wh what is your take on what's going on? I mean... Uh... It, China, because in college I studied political science um, because I wanted to be in the foreign service in China. You know, I had all these, you know, huge aspirations of, you know, being a translator, a diplomat or whatever. And, you know, we all see how that turned out. Um, joking, joking. I did just fine in school. Thank you. But, um, it, and it's because, um, you know, James, you mentioned the fact that it's a communist government and... Well, communism is a whole other, you know, thing all on its own, and, and I'm not going to dive into that here. It has more to do with the fact that Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, if you will, has essentially declared himself dictator for life. Mm -hmm. And the whole situation with Hong Kong is spiraling out of control because of, like, the tense history that's there. Because um, I'm just going to blast through a history lesson real quick. Sweet. But the reason why Hong Kong is, you know, technically part of China and theoretically might not is because it was seized by the British in the first opium war when Britain wanted to sell drugs in China and China's like, hey, no thanks. And they're like, screw you, we're Britain, we're going to do it anyway. So they go to war and um, China gets their ass kicked by Britain because Britain was kicking everybody's ass at that time. So they seized Hong Kong so that the British could trade under their own laws to China. And so it, it was a whole mess. And the British maintained control of Hong Kong until I want to say 1997. 
when Britain's like, I guess we should give it back, question mark? So, I mean, it, it spent a very decent chunk of time being under British control. And, you know, when the British decided just to give Hong Kong back to China, nobody really knew what to do. And I am watering down horrendously difficult political points here. So China has always, not China, but Hong Kong has always maintained a certain amount of, I guess, freedoms that the mainland hasn't really offered. So... It is just this big old complicated issue because the mainland is trying to um, put in place an extradition treaty that if you um, basically say crap that the mainland doesn't like and you live in Hong Kong, they can extradite you to mainland and put you through laws in the mainland and, you know, put you through the court systems there. And that is not fine. No, not at all. Like the, the Chinese criminal justice system is intense. I mean... It, it, yeah, it's intense. Ironically, South and Park made fun of it this, this past week. They, they did, they did. And, I mean, the whole situation in Hong Kong, it breaks my heart, because, I mean, these are people who are protesting for, you know, their rights, um, you know, the, the First Amendment rights, you know, even just right to not live under a dictator for life. So it's it's hard to watch that. And you have this big public push saying, hey, stand with Hong Kong, stand with these people who were fighting for their rights but china itself is a massive economic market i i I mean you know look at the fact you know the way they consume movies alone i mean um the the money that they spend with the mcu i mean it's a huge market for things like the mcu um alita battle angel did phenomenally in china so if it gets a sequel it's not because of the north american market it's because of the chinese market yep so you have a lot of these companies and industries from the nba to blizzard to movie studios that are shaping the way their industries are worked around the chinese market there was that entire thing with the reason why um the ancient one was changed from being Tibetan to being Celtic based as a white woman, which a lot of people saw as whitewashing. Disney did it that way. They did not piss off China. Exactly. Because China and Tibet is not, again, not a happy relationship to the point that, you know, there are still um, Tibetan Buddhist religious officials who are still engaging in self-immolation, which is a fancy term for setting themselves on fire in protest. Yep, the Dalai Lama is a public enemy in, to the Chinese government, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, I'm, if I remember correctly, uh, he cannot return. Damn. Yep. Because um, <clears throat> he, he speaks out against the Chinese, you know, quote unquote, occupation of Tibet. But um, it, it's a mess to see that these companies that you know, try to maintain this, you know, stance of, well, we believe in the First Amendment or free speech of our, of the people who engage in our property or consume our product or whatever, but simultaneously have to bow to the Chinese market. So in order to get that money from the Chinese market, they have to quite literally toe the party line uh, in China. Because 
um, the, uh, the conversation even sort of links to things like LGBTQ representation in China and why, you know, movies like the, you know, uh, movies like the Marvel Cinematic Universe or even the DC um, Extended Universe have not put um, LGBTQ characters in their movies is because of the fact that, you know, you have the Russian censors that will take it out mm -hmm. and then uh, the Chinese censors that will take it out because China very heavily censors all the movies that come in. Yep. And uh, even the Russian censors alone are intense because um, the Power Rangers reboot movie actually was rated um, the, the Russian equivalent of rated X because of the scene where Trini comes out. And it's not even, you know, an intense coming out scene. No. She just talks about girls, like... She doesn't even yeah. say that she's actually gay. It's just, like, like Zach says, boy problems, no. Girl problems, kinda. And like, that's it. That's all that has said. That's it's it. like, ugh. And it was given the equivalent of an X rating. That's so, foul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's foul. Oh, I, just, I like it just, and then we had the whole issue with South Park the past week, where they did a whole episode talking about how things can be banned in China because you had Randy going to China to, to uh, pr like to sell weed, and then he got hemmed up. They talked about how um the like the president of China doesn't like being called Winnie the Pooh because people on social media called him Winnie the Pooh. So like that that's like I think Winnie the Pooh is like a um a like what was it a terrorism like label now or something like that. Like, I hate yeah. Well, the thing is, is that activists have been killed. Like, this isn't, oh, he thinks he looks like Winnie the Pooh. People are being, like, people are being killed. Yep. Because um, I do not remember his name off the top of my head, and that breaks my heart, but there was um, an activist in China who ended up dying in police custody. Um, the last really known picture of he and his wife, they're, sti they're um, standing there smiling at the camera, and they have Winnie the Pooh mugs. Because Damn. somebody took a picture of Xi Jinping walking alongside with President Obama and compared it to a picture of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Damn. And that's how the whole thing got started. And, the, you know, Chinese social media kind of started making fun of it a little bit. And that was cracked down on. And when this activist was killed, uh, the Chinese censors went to work. Like uh, the CNN broadcast that was adver that advertising Jesus, that was reporting on his death, it would just cut to black. Um. It would um, even candle emotes were restricted by the Chinese censors. Dang. Like the the level of censorship that exists in that country and how much of it controls world media is insane. The fact that you know this one player on a, like, and I understand that professional gamers are a thing. I personally don't understand it, so I'm just kind of going with it here. But the fact that, you know, one person on a singular stream basically said, hey, stand, you know, I stand with Hong Kong or something like that. And the fact that he is facing penalty, you know, he's losing his winnings. He's being actually, didn't they reinstate the winnings? They reinstated the winnings and they shortened his ban. Yeah. And, you know, that's really only due to the court of public opinion yeah. that people were pissed. And that's the only reason they're doing it is, you know, okay, do we piss off China or do we piss off everybody else kind of a thing? And that's that's a tough cost-benefit analysis to weigh. Like, mm -hmm. and I don't know. It, it is, I, I feel like I have rambled on about 
a really watered down version of everything that's going on. You have but... educated us, and that's great stuff. But yeah, you know what? But... I'm gonna say it, and I'm sorry, but fuck the Chinese government. Like, hey, if, 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 fuck if... the Chinese government and Winnie the Pooh's bitch ass. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> hey man, if, Winnie if... the Pooh didn't do anything. No, I mean Xi Jinping. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Tally told like if, if you if you don't like that we said it, tell like tell Tally that because Tally told Randy to say it. Fuck the Chinese government. Okay, and um, I believe uh, is that everything that we have for this episode. Yeah, I believe it is. So uh, we are gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode. But before we do, we are gonna give our uh, recommendations in terms of um, like different books that you can pick up in your local comic book shop this Wednesday. So, um, I believe there is a consensus about one of the books that is coming out. So, um, right, <laughs> uh, Ma- Mary, do you so do you want to be the one to talk about our first recommendation, like the group recommendation for this week? Yes, I do. And uh, next week, Superman smashes the clan number one comes out, and I could not be more excited for this book. Uh, Superman Smashes the Clan is an adaptation of um, a series of episodes from the 1940s of the Old Adventures of Superman radio show. Um, Superman and the Order of the Fiery Cross, I believe, is the title of the series. And it details Superman literally going, you know, not necessarily to war, but literally battling an allegory for the Ku Klux Klan. It is the Klan, but they couldn't use the actual name Ku Klux Klan because it ironically would have resulted in a lawsuit and the clan after those series of episodes the clan even tried to sue the show so we are we are actually seeing that adapted into a comic and uh, it basically deals with i mean and you're not going to get the reveal in the comic because well pictures um (laughs) but superman ends up having to do battle with the clan uh, because they come after a Chinese boy in the radio show. And solely for the fact that this boy and his family are Chinese Americans. So Superman steps up and he's like, okay, these people are assholes. Let's deal with them. Like, Nice. <laughs> but yeah, that, that is definitely the group consensus book of the week that uh, Superman yes. Smashes the Clan is the main recommendation from the team. Um, Travis, do you have a book that you want to recommend, like as like your like like your recommendation for the week? Uh, my my recommendation for the week would be Batman eighty one. What? And, yeah. Honestly, what? Yeah, Travis. It has, it has to be. Why? Because it's such a huge, like. Of course, we're still dealing with the aftermath of Alfred. Um, Batman doesn't know. Bruce has no idea that Alfred is dead. Not a clue right now. But we're dealing with uh, Thomas given being given the order to take out Damien, and the events that follow are... <sighs> James is shook. Let me just put it like that. I'm not okay with it. <laughs> we can't talk about it because that would be bad. We, 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 you'll see y'all on Wednesday. Let's say that. Okay. Just I, wait. Yeah, just wait. It's what? so good. I'm not okay with it. <laughs> Uh, Mary, what is your personal <laughs> recommendation for the week? Um, actually, um, I want to jump back to Superman Smashes the Clan for a minute. I feel like it deserves mentioning that um, Jean uh, Luen Yang is the one out um, adapting it, and he uh, previously wrote New Superman uh, during Rebirth, so that is 
it's a significant uh he also wrote um a comic uh, called american born chinese which is a fantastic graphic novel that i think a lot of people should read um but other than that my recommendation for next week um i mean like sort of i don't know i'm excited for x-men and i'm not why are you are you not are you not are you not excited for the summer's family orgy plus wolverine (laughs) the summer's family orgy Woo! Bro, look, not, look at that cover. It's literally the entire Summer's Clan plus Wolverine. That's all it is. Oh my god! And Wolverine's the slick one because he's trying to get with everyone there. Exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> you got ba- you got Baby Cable. You got a Vulcan who's randomly come back because of the new timeline. You got Havoc. You got Scott. You got Gene. You, um, I think Rachel's there. Yeah, Rachel's there too. Like, and then you got Logan. Just be like, what's up? Like, it, it's literally the ent- and you have um like all the Summers boys' father too. Of course, are there too. So it's literally just a Summers family orgy plus Wolverine. And I mean, if you, if you actually sit there and think about it, you can, like, you can pair Wolverine with any one of them. Yes! But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's what Wolverine does. Wasn't it a pretty recent one where he was talking to some little girl where he, like, he knew both her, like, her grandmother and her mother, and he's giving, like, a really smug, like, you know, you know about me, Grin. <laughs> I don't remember this, but I'll, I'll have to look into that. I'm going to... Oh, God. I'm going to find that face. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, I, I'm still catching up on House of X and Powers of X. I fell off a little bit, but I'm going to catch up tonight. Uh, I, I'm excited for X-Men number one. Um, my recommendation for this week, uh, well, besides uh, Superman Smashes the Clan, definitely has to go to Excellence number six. Um, this series has been like this great book that's been coming out from Image. Uh, the, the creators have been putting this all this love and power, ma- like power and magic into this one series. Like uh, pun intended, but uh, like Brandon Thomas, Carrie Randolph, and Amelia Lopez have been doing this amazing job with this series, and I'm so excited to see where it goes. Hopefully, is able to move past the first trade and keep going because oh, it's so good. If you're not reading Excellence, like you need to be reading Excellence. I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, so definitely pick that, that up. The trade should be coming out this month or in November. So pick that up once that drops and get ready for issue seven. Um, that is our recommendations for this week, for this coming week. Uh, don't forget to follow this podcast on uh, Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. Don't forget to follow the website on Comics Ground at Twitter, Instagram on Comics Ground. And check out the website every weekday uh, on ComicsGround.com. Put some hyphens between those words and uh, check out all kinds of reviews, opinion pieces, and um, previews of the latest comics books that are coming out this week or just our thoughts on every comic book that there ever is um uh, <laughs> uh we will catch you folks next time uh mary what is your closing statement for this episode of panel to panel fuck the chinese government yes no oh my god um that's my cl- that, that's yes. my closing statement travis was that gonna be your closing statement as well well it was actually gonna be i support hong kong Alright, there you go. That, yeah. <laughs> there they, they team up. They uh, team up. Hey, there you go. Um, w- w- uh, my closing statement, uh, while it is also fuck the Chinese government, I will also say, as always, support a local comic book shop. Um, protect, protect, my, protect my bird boy Tim at all costs. Um, and we and we will I catch. Damn it! <laughs> and we will catch you folks <laughs> right here next week on Panel to Panel. Peace out.